how you think has everything to do with how you perform and what you attain. Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome to the show, folks. You're listening to Wrestling Changed My Life. My guest today is one of the greatest wrestling coaches of all time, Jim Miller, who coached Wartburg to 10 national titles during a 22-year span. And they also won 21 consecutive conference championships during that same time. Pretty incredible, and I really enjoyed this conversation. Our fan of the week goes to Ryan Nalen, who's a former wrestler turned BJJ extraordinaire. Many thanks for the support, my friend. And if you enjoy this episode, please leave a review or rating on iTunes. And all you have to do is, if you're on the Apple Podcast app, just scroll to the bottom and you'll see the section where you can rate the show. Now, give it up for this conversation with coaching legend, Jim Miller. All right, we are here with Jim Miller. Coach Miller, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, Ryan. You're doing great things out there with the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, you are by far the most decorated wrestling coach in Division Three, and probably of all, you know, right up there top five of all time. But what I'm most interested in is kind of how you went from a good high school wrestler to being a, a two-time Division Two champ. So maybe just talk to us how you got involved with wrestling and you know, the impact that Chuck Patton had on you when you got to you and I. Yeah, well, I understand when I grew up in Waterloo or anywhere, there wasn't youth wrestling. You know, the only sport that, that was even organized was baseball in the summer. And so for me, you know, I can remember in first grade, I got a note uh, toward the end of the day that said, hey, you got a dentist appointment. Your dad's picking you up. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to go to the dentist. And uh, but the but what happened was he just he told him that we were really going to watch my older brother wrestle a junior high wrestling match. <laughs> I had never seen wrestling before. And we walked in and there's probably 300 people there. It seemed like, you know, thousands to me in first grade. And, and uh, it was loud and my brother won and my dad was so proud. And man, I, that was cool. That, you know, that was one of the coolest things I had ever seen. And so, you know, my brother, uh, he, he started showing me moves on the, you know, just in the living room and stuff like that, you know. So uh, because of that, I, I, you know, you're, you're, playing on the playground in elementary school, you end up wrestling a lot of times and I end up being, you know, better than the other kids because they had no training and <laughs> I had a little bit. And, and so I just really 
started to love the sport. And my brother grew up, uh, he was on a 1964 East Waterloo team that he wasn't the varsity guy. He was behind a three-time state champ, but they won the state tournament. And uh, he took me to the next year. Uh, first time I ever seen the state tournament happened to be in Waterloo. I got to see the tournament. And so that was kind of my start. You know, that was kind of my start. I was always interested. I played all the sports. But uh, I was small, you know, I, I walked into high school 112 pounds, you know, so uh, I wanted to play football, but I didn't, you know, and, and at that time, you know, once I got into high school, I just, just started wrestling and that became my sport. Well, and at this time, you know, people might not remember, maybe they do, but Waterloo in Cedar Falls was a wrestling hotbed. You had the Buzzards, you had Tom Huff, you had Gable, obviously, you know, you came out of this, I mean... Um, just so many good guys came from that area. And, you know, from what I hear, the East-West dual meet would draw maybe a thousand people back then. Yeah. I mean, Hey, it was, uh, it was the hotbed. And, and we had a guy named Russ Smith that ran the Waterloo Courier. He was a sports editor. He put wrestling on front page during wrestling season all the time. I mean, you had your individual pitcher matchups, like here's the East-West meet. He'd have the pitchers and the matchups at each weight on the front page of the sports. I mean, it was a big deal. And, uh, I told Bob Siddons, uh, uh, much years after he retired and, uh, he was the West high coach. Yeah, yeah. I told him, I said, number one, when he got his name put on the, on the gym, the Bob Siddons gym or West high, I said, I just want you to know I've wrestled in front of a lot of people, including the national division one finals. And, and, uh, that was the most intimidating place I ever walked into as a sophomore in high school. And I was on the JV team because it was <laughs> almost full in, at the JV meet. And so he created a, dynasty over there and keith young was coaching uh, cedar falls and yeah it was just a great time for for this area in wrestling hopefully we can get back toward that no question it's it's exciting to read about i've done a lot of research during that during that era for a documentary i'm producing and it is incredible to see um how far some of those guys went and now so you see so you wrestle in high school uh, what i read is that you got third uh your senior year in 71 i'm, I'm guessing that's your senior year but then you get to you and i which was d2 at the time and you end up having an amazing career, winning it twice. But then back then, you could wrestle in the D1 tournament, which is something I wish they still did. And you actually got second at the D1 tournament your uh, junior year. So what was like the light switch that flipped for you to go from good high school wrestler to national champion? Well, you know well, what happened was when I was uh, going into my senior year of high school at East Waterloo, I had not even qualified for the state tournament. And fortunately for me, a new coach came in that year that really inspired me. His name was Bill Dotson. Bill Dotson was a Division One champ uh, at UNI, and uh, he was still a young guy, and he changed how I thought. I mean, he, you know, I can mm-hmm. remember early in that first season him saying, "Jimmy, when we get to state this year," and he kept talking, and I didn't hear, I didn't hear another word he said. I'm thinking, man, coach thinks I can go to state. You know, it's it's funny how 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 influential a coach can be. You know, and because the coach. Whether he was just saying that or he really meant it, I don't know, but he raised my level of thought. He raised my expectations. He raised my work ethic. And, uh, you know, I didn't win it. I felt I probably, looking back, I was good enough to win it, but I just, you know, but I came a long way that senior year, and that was kind of the start. He said, hey, man, at the end, I I was probably thinking maybe I just go to John Deere and work, you know, because Mm -hmm. John Deere was booming in Waterloo at that time. And you could go there right out of high school, get a good-paying job, buy a car. You know, that was what a lot of the my uh, fellow classmates did and uh but bill dotson pulled me aside one day and he said hey you got a lot more in you you need to keep going and you ought to just go look at you and i 
And uh, so I'm glad he said you and I, because if he just said Alaska, I probably would have went to Alaska, you know, because I'd have done anything <laughs> the guy said, you know, that's how much faith I had in that guy. So, yeah, and then Chuck Patton uh, was a great mentor for me. We had I had great teammates, a guy named Mike McCready, who was a very accomplished uh, wrestler, uh, won the division two was the only guy that beat him in division one was Chris Taylor, you know, 440 yep. pounds, all that kind of thing. He won a number of national freestyle a guy named Ken Snyder, who also was really good. He was my, uh, one of my teammates and roommates. So, you know, it just, I know one thing, you know, one, one thing I do know is that how you think has everything to do with how you perform and what you attain. I don't care what you're doing, how you think has everything to do with it. And so that's what changed. You know, that's what was the big deal. I started thinking I could, you know, and, and I think, you know, when I talk to coaches out there, I ask, how much are you talking about? How much are you working on that part of the game, that part of the sport? You know, I know technique's important, wrestling's, or wrestling's important, strategy's important, weightlifting's important, but how much are you working on how they think? How, how much are you working on helping them think at a higher level? Because that's when the, you're really going to make gains, you know? So, uh, that's what I'm talking about was- though. That's like that coming into this. I knew you hit on that. And that, that gets me fired up because man, the conversation you have with yourself is everything. And the, the, the ceiling that you place on yourself is literally self-imposed. So you can make it whatever you want it to be, you know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And so just understanding that you jump levels, you know, and, and so, yeah, so that was the game. And the more I was involved in that and had teammates that ra- rose me up, even had other people raise you up. Uh, and there's a guy out there, you know, I've never really had a converse. His name's Don Roan. Don Roan was a, when I, like you said, when we were in Division Two at the time, you could advance to Division One tournament. And my sophomore year, the top three got to go to the Division One tournament. The top three in Division Two got to go to the Division One tournament, and I was wrestling. I was going for third against this young man named Don Roan from Clarion State. Wade Chalice was on that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had an unbelievable team. And so I got beat six to four or something like that for third. And I was like, man, I thought I could go with everybody in the country. I don't care what level. I had a good year that year, and now I don't even. I didn't even qualify. And uh, what happened was two weeks later. At the Division One tournament, Don Roan won the Division One tournament. You know, he had gotten third in Division Two, and he won Division One two weeks later. <laughs> and so, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, I am right there. You know, I can do this. I'll, you know, so even sometimes, somebody you're someone that doesn't even know you, or maybe it's your opponent. In that case, raise, can raise you up if you pay attention. So, yeah. So then that that very next year, you know, we wrestled in the All Star meet, me and Don Roan and. He won again, but about a month later, I beat him in the semis and got into the finals of the Division One tournament. So you never know, man. You just you don't know if, especially if you if you eliminate putting limits on what you can do, right? Because that's right. a big deal. I mean, imagine if Coach Dotson never came in your life. How different would 100%. your life be? Bill Dotson changed my life. I mean, without a doubt, I I might not have ever even stepped on a college wrestling mat or you know been went on to coach. So, uh, yeah. He it's changed like, my life, and then you know, so people who aren't from the Midwest don't know what you mean with the John Deere thing. But my grandpa was a retired welder from Case IH, and we grew up in the Quad Cities. And at that time, much like Waterloo, you could literally get a job at Case, John Deere, or uh, or Caterpillar, and get a good paying job, and it was no 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 doubt about it. Yeah, I mean the guys were saying, "Hey, we're eighteen, nineteen years old. You go to Deers, you work there thirty years, you can retire." 
I mean, we're, you know, we're 50 years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and they, everybody thought, God, what a great deal. We could go do something else. But uh, I'm so blessed that not nothing wrong with John Deere whatsoever, but I'm just, you know, that wasn't my passion. That wasn't, uh, uh, that wasn't the, the life I was, you know, born to lead, I don't think. So no. I was pretty no. lucky. Yeah, very much so. And then, so you have a, a really good run at UNI, and, but now you're starting to carry with you not only the belief that, you know, you can, I, I say this with a grain of salt, do anything. You know, there's, there's the work that needs to come with it. And so you have this new mindset and you're putting in the work and you're starting to see the results on some really big stages. I mean, second at the D1 Nationals is incredible. And then you go into coaching. And I found it really interesting that you actually coached 17 years until you became the head coach at Wartburg. Um, did you always know you wanted to go into coaching? I did, you know, and, and I think I wanted to go into coaching just because I know what my coaches did for my life, you know, and I didn't want to, I, you know, I was in love with the sport of wrestling. And, and at that time, you know, what do you do but go into coaching? You know, I, I did go, you know, at that time there was no, uh, you really didn't have any help if you wanted to train farther than college. And I, I went to the National Open. I got second in the National Open in 76. And then I did go to the Olympic trials. I didn't do very good at the trials. I was, I was actually applying for jobs at the high school level. And, and, uh, it was about August 1st and Chuck Patton, I applied for a number of jobs and I thought it was going to be easy, but heck, I didn't get, I didn't really have a very good opportunity. I, I actually interviewed at a couple of jobs. I didn't do very good in the interview. I didn't prepare, you know, and finally we, he said, you're going to go to Riceville High School. That's what he didn't say. There's a, I want you to interview. He says, you're going because it's getting late. It's August. And he knew <laughs> I wanted to coach. <laughs> and I go, where's Riceville? And I didn't even know where it was. I mean, it was, it's, it's northern Iowa, a little bit higher than uh, about 20 miles north of Charles City. Best thing I ever did. And I, I learned what coaching was about. And there was a guy named Dave Ripley, who's a legendary coach up there. He's in the Iowa Hall of Fame and so forth. But Dave Ripley was running this program all by himself. I was his first assistant. And, uh, you know, just to give you an example, uh, I get there and early in the season, I, I'm, I'm going to take the JV to a tournament and he's going to take the varsity to a tournament. I go, okay, cool. So I was excited. I'm going to take my own team to this tournament and, and uh, it's about 40 miles away, and I get there on time, and he gave me the list, and I'm checking off the list of kids. I had 12 kids, and everybody was there. Now it's 7 o'clock when we we're supposed to leave, and I'm sitting there waiting, and, you know, and about 5 after 7, one of the kids said, hey, coach, what are we waiting on? And I go, well, we're waiting on the bus driver. And they said, you're the bus driver. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm, here I am five minutes later. I'm driving the bus down the road to the to the wrestle meet. So, so we had, you know, I was the bus driver. I, I, we did the mats by ourselves after the practice. We had seventh grade practice the last hour of the day. Then we had varsity practice. And most of these kids were agriculture. I mean, they, they all had to take the bus home. So you had to be done exactly on time. And after the practice, coach comes up, says, Hey, coach, come on in the locker room. So he said, We got to pick up all these towels. And we picked up all the towels. Then we go and say, Hey, we got to wash the towels. And then he says, When you come in the morning, you put the towels in the dryer. And then right before practice, you put the, you know, the towels in the locker room for the kids. And, oh, dude, it was, it wow. was an education. It was an education in coaching. I felt like I kind of had a PhD almost like, and, and I, the very next year I got a head, the head job at Charles city. And 
only that one year I had to, I did all that. I drove the bus, I cleaned the mats, I washed the towels. What an education. And I so appreciated not having to do all that. Because, you know, I went from Charles City to UNI to Warburg. You know, I never once again did any of that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I wasn't, you know, but I wasn't afraid to do it. It was, uh, dude, uh, it was, it was a really, a, I was blessed to be there for a year to, to learn what, man, this is, you know. So I, I learned coaching was whatever it takes. You do whatever it takes to in coaching. You know, if you need to roll the mat or wash the mat or whatever it is. Do it anyway, right, Coach? You do it anyway. That's right. <laughs> so did you have a family at this time, or are you a single single guy at this time? I was single at that time, yeah. Okay. I'm always wonder, I'm always curious about these uh, these coaches who, you know, it is a it is a grind kind of moving around until you find your, your head coaching job, and you kind of forget that families are going along with you. You know, I right. interviewed Coach Bono up at Wisconsin, and you think about going to South Dakota if you're his family, right, for five years to coach at South Dakota State. It's just amazing the support system these folks have um, along the way many times. Well, that's interesting you say that because from I, I coached at Charles City six years and eight years as assistant coach at UNI. And about year six into UNI, if you talk, when you're talking about family, six years into UNI, I had three boys. And uh, they were like uh, 12, 11, and five or something. And I was looking for a D1 job. And, and uh, you know, I had some interest from different places, but they were always a long ways away. And one night after practice, or you and I, I came home, and the three boys and my wife were on the couch together, which I thought, man, that is weird. I'd never seen them on the couch. You know, what are you, what's up? And the oldest boy kind of, stuck his chest out and said, dad, we're not moving. We're not moving. And so, you know, they, they were, you know, they were wow. in school, uh, you know, no one wanted to leave. And so that's when the, the Warburg job was open, but I hadn't looked at it and it's 15 miles up the road. And I said, man, maybe I better look at this Warburg job. And, and, uh, that's how that all went down. Man, isn't the path to greatness? Cause you're a guy who wanted to be great. I just, I can get that. I get that from you. It's a lot of sometimes it's a selfish one and it's a lonely journey and so having to balance that out can be a, a good thing or a burden and obviously for you it turned out to be a great thing because you went on this incredible what 21 22 year run as the head coach of Warburg but it's just interesting how those things kind of pan out it is man and and you know once I got there shoot this is I was having fun and it was great and and, and when then when I had opportunities to leave you know I just never did Never where, know. Where were you considering going before you got to Warburg? Like, where'd you get some serious looks to? Uh, you and I a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that was really the only one. I wasn't going to move. Out. I was I was going to stick around there. You know, at that time, my my mom and dad were alive, and so was my wife's mom and dad. So we were pretty had made a decision. You know what? We're just going to stick around here. And really, so that was really the only job I would would have uh, left for. Gotcha. Okay. And then when you get to Warburg. What was their status in wrestling? Were they a good team, average team? What, what was it like? Oh, there? Great question. You know, we there was there there were some a uh, couple good kids there, but they would their best. They had uh, they had one national champion in history, and they had uh, they had finished in the top ten one time oh. in history. So <laughs> I had went to the when I when I decided I applied, I said, you know what, I'm going to go watch the Iowa conference, and so. I, we were off. I, we, you and I, we didn't have anything that day, so I went up to it was at Luther, and I went up and watched the Iowa Conference. And uh, uh, Wartburg ended up fourth, and Simpson 
Al Baxter or uh, Bob Darrow edged out BV Al Baxter for the championship. And uh, man, there were some there's some legendary coaches right there, you know, wow. with uh, yeah. Baxter and Darrow. And so you know, and Mike McCready was in that group at Upper Iowa, and I'm just man, this this is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, we weren't real good; we were in the middle of the pack. But uh, yeah, that's that's that was my that was my first glimpse at the Iowa Conference. So in your mind, yeah, you know, as you're driving to Warburg on your first day, you had to be excited, maybe a little bit nervous. But like in your mind, what are you thinking? The expectations are. What is your your vision at this point? Are you thinking several years out, or kind of where were you at at that point? <laughs> Well, let me tell you something. At the at the at at my interview, I got asked, "Hey, coach, what's your, you know, what's your goals for the team?" And I and I have obviously I had thought about it, and I, and I said, "I don't know how long it would take, but I'd like to think we could win a national championship." And man, that answer just bombed. That was not a good answer at that time. And uh, why is that? One of the one of the guys in the committee actually said, "Hey, man, we just don't do that here." You know, we just don't, we don't win national championships, you know? I mean, it was just, it was just not, the wow. culture was just different. It wasn't a, it wasn't a bad culture, but you know, the, the emphasis was winning the conference. And if you went beyond that, it was icing on the cake, you know, that was kind of, that was kind of the, the culture. And we were, you know, we had not won, this was, we had not won a conference championship in 14 years at that point in wrestling. So you can kind of understand it was, the culture was not, the same. I mean, was I mean, we hadn't won a conference title in 14 years. The college had not won a national championship in anything in 60 plus years of competing. And uh, yeah, that's so, incredible. So did that turn yeah. you off about the job that they were kind of down on you for that answer? No, no. I you know I get it. I I get it. You know, I, my my deal was I realized. Hey, you know, do you really want to hire? somebody with unrealistic expectations you know I, I could see where they were coming from they just had never happened before they had never been close in any sport to win an international championship and so man it did seem kind of maybe unrealistic to them you know and so but i wasn't gonna but you know what i was thinking i was thinking man but what if we did win <laughs> that's what i was thinking you know what if we did wow is that going to be a surprise? It's kind of funny that, you know, it took five years, but, but in year three, we were ranked number one in the nation. And I got a, my, the athletic secretary came in the office. She said, Hey, coach Miller, the, the president wants to see you. And you know, dude, when that happens to me in my life, usually like, Oh man, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? I couldn't think, or maybe did one of my athletes screw up or, and so, so I, but the meeting was this, the meeting was, Hey, coach Miller, uh, I just want you to know that we don't know really how to act around here. Cause we've never been ranked number one in the nation in anything before. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, so, so it was cool. And, and I, I said, it just came out of my mouth. I said, get used to it. And I wish I hadn't, I tried to pull it back in, you know, I didn't, I said, man, why did I say that for? We hadn't, you know, we had never won, but, uh, the fifth year we won and, and, uh, it was a, you know, we had a couple hundred people at the Waterloo airport. We had a escort into Waverly from the edge of town, fire trucks and police. And we had a celebration in the gym and I had people over the years later come up and say, Hey coach, I mean, this might be, I had one just a year ago, come up and say, Hey coach, I was at that first national champion celebration and I was there cause we didn't think we'd ever see it again. You know? Wow. So, 
That's you incredible. Know, it, was just, it was a cool thing. And, 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 but the cool thing for me now looking back is that, you know what, when you win, when you, when someone has a breakthrough, you know, whatever sport it might be, or maybe it's a business or whatever, you have a breakthrough. So in 1996, we won the first national championship. The next 22 years, so 2018, 2096 to 2018, that's 22 years. The, the college won 22 national championships after that. Across different sports, what you're saying. Yeah, multiple sports, multiple sports. So, you know, it's kind of like, hey, you know, when one part of the organization starts exceeding expectations, oftentimes other parts of the organization want to do the same thing or other people want to do the same thing, you know? So, and that's exactly what happened, you know? So it was, it was a very cool thing. It was very cool to be a part of that. And, uh, yeah, and it was fun, invigorating and, and, uh, you know, you kind of, that's one reason why I never left when I had a chance, you know, it was just fun. I was having a blast and, and, uh, doing things that people, you know, and I found out, man, I love doing things that people don't think you can. Yeah. Well, doesn't that get at the root of this whole um, mindset, you know, limiting beliefs and having a you know, unrealistic mindset is, you know, once you start seeing other people do it, you believe you can just like Roger Bannister in the four minute mile. Right. So those other coaches are thinking, wait, why am I just assuming that Warfare doesn't win national titles? And then that carries over into multiple sports. So that's like the epitome of what we're talking about here, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've read that Roger Bannister store. I mean, and then once he did it, it was an avalanche of people that end up doing it within a year or two, you know, because they thought it could happen. Because before that, what were they saying? Even doctors were saying it's physically impossible or whatever. And it's like the training didn't change. The technique didn't change. The shoes didn't change. The only thing that changed was an idea, a thought, a mindset. It's like people, yeah. when are we going to start realizing how how powerful the mind is? You know, I'm getting excited <laughs> here because it drives me nuts. When uh, <laughs> when people downplay this, so so let's go back to uh, to year one though. What was the uh, what were the results of year one? Oh, uh, we ended up. I mean, nationally, we I thought we did good. We had we had uh, we ended up eighth place. We had three All Americans, which was really good. We had only been in the top ten one time in history, and so that was you know I felt like we made a step there. Hey man, we're in the top ten. It's hard, you know. That's not easy. Um, it's a lot harder to get into the trophy hunt, but, uh, you know, I thought that was a real good step and, and, you know, and you want to be making progress and that was definitely progress for, for our kids. We had somebody in the finals that year and, and the good thing was we had all three of the guys that placed back. And, and so, you know, the, the next year we had a great year and, uh, uh, we ended up second. What do you attribute that to like that immediate success? Because at, at year one, you don't have you haven't had the chance to really recruit. You're kind of just working with what you got. What did you have like some guidelines or standards or how did it kind of transpire that way? I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. The whole thing, uh, the whole point, the whole premise is every guy fights their butt off the whole time. That's it. That was the goal. Every guy fights their butt off the whole time. And so we praised effort. We praised effort, no matter win or lose, praised effort. Because I knew that was the only way we we're going to be competitive. And, you know, when you, when, when, when you go all out, when you're not afraid of fatigue, and that's a big deal, mm-hmm. getting to the point where you don't care. I mean, everybody's going to get tired, but the good guys don't care that they get tired. It's not that they're not tired. They just don't care. And they know they can operate there. That's what we needed to do. And I think that was really frustrating by the, you know, even halfway through that year. I didn't feel like we're making any progress, you know. And uh, I even said one time, this is kind of funny, like 
kicked the I kicked the team out of practice. It was January, and I go, you know what, just you guys just get out of here. You know what, I want you to come back tomorrow. Look it up when you get back to your dorm room or apartment. Look up and see if there's a rule out there that we can't win the Iowa Conference. You know, it's been 14 years, you know. I said, find out if there's a law or something. Is there a law that we can't win? Because they just weren't thinking we could. You know, they weren't thinking in their mind that they didn't see themselves on top of the podium, you know. They didn't see our team getting called up to get the trophy. Because it was always somebody else. It was always somebody else on the podium. It was always somebody, some other team getting called up to get the trophy. And so the next day when they come in, I later I said, hey, did you find anything? And, you know, they nobody had looked, and I knew that we weren't going to, but I said, did you find anything? You know, no. You, I went down the list. Do you find anything? You find Nobody found anything. Okay, I guess it's okay that we can win the Iowa Conference. I guess it's okay. And so, you know, I'm sure, and, you know, it's kind of funny because for 20 years, 21 years later, we, we got second the first year, and then we won 21 in a row. And at year 20, at a party, we had a reunion, and some of those guys in that first year, one of them was, most people would know Tom Hogan, who's the head coach at Don Bosco right now. He was in that group and he said, Hey coach, coach Miller, you remember that time when you kicked us out of practice and said, go look up and see if there's a rule out there that we can't win the conference. <laughs> I go, yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and he goes, and we were laughing about it. And, uh, they said, you know what? That was really the first time we started thinking at a higher level that we thought, you know, maybe we should be thinking at a higher level. And so, you know, it took me 20 years to find out that, hey, kicking them out wasn't that bad a deal, I guess. But, but you know, you never know what's going to, you never know what's going to click, what's gonna, what it's going to take to click in some of their minds, you know. It's kind of like I call it throwing the dart. You know, I'm just throwing the dart. You're trying to hit the target. Every kid's got a different target, but you're trying to hit the target. And uh, sometimes you hit it. You don't even know you hit it till later. You say, man, what happened there? Wow, this, is, this guy turned the corner or whatever. But, you know, it might be saying, like my coach said to me, Jimmy, when we get to state this year, I mean, dude, was, he hit the target. He I was just going to say that. Like, that's so relevant for when um, uh, Coach Dotson said that to you. And what's what's always even more impressive about doing it at the collegiate level is you have a new cast of characters rotating through every year. And what motivated the last class may or and most likely will not motivate this class until you have that that culture standard and you don't have it at first. Right. And those are probably the toughest years when you're trying to get the culture standard because you know, 10, 15 years in everyone just expects that. And they already know coming into it that you're coming to Wartburg to be a national champ, but I'm most fascinated in the early years when you're building the standard um, and how you kind of get through to those people. So that was a big moment for you, that, that practice incident. hundred percent. Wow. Yeah, I mean, having a great culture is obviously that's a big deal because, you know, when you, when you get to be a great culture, you don't have to always, it's not just the coach that's changing minds. It's not just the boss that's changing, you know, how people think it's the culture will reciprocate, you know, other people on the team will just be normally talking like, Hey man, why are you late? I don't know. get here, man, do it anyway, or whatever it is, you know, and, uh, that, that the team will, you know, help change the culture. And it does, it's not just one guy. That was hard right. you know, when you're, right. when you're there, you know, it felt like you're beating your head against the wall for a while, you know? And so how much of it, you know, a- after year two or three, like how much of it then was a focus on recruiting and what type of guys did you recruit? You know what? That, that's an easy one because I, when I said I wanted a guy to every weight fight their butt off, that was the goal. The, one of the things I was looking for, is guys that knew how to fight. 
already. You know, there's some really good guys out there, but you're not convinced that they know how to fight when it really gets hard. You know, there's a lot of guys out there that maybe they're not at the level you'd like to see them at, but when you watch, holy cow, they go at it. And they're not afraid of going at it. They like going at it. That's was my that's who I was looking for, trying to find. Obviously, I wanted talented guys, but I wanted guys that uh, really uh, knew how to fight. And I'd, I'd actually asked the high school coach, does he know how to fight? You know, does he know how to compete? Is he a competitor in practice, you know? And, and, uh, that was a big emphasis for, for me. That's what I was looking for. And then, but you know, as you got better, as we got better, better, talented kids were actually making us one of the, you know, was one of the schools that they would actually look at. I mean, my first year I got hung up. I don't know if you'd call it hung up, but I, you know, they, I, they'd actually say, Hey, coach Miller, thanks a lot for the call, but I really want to go somewhere that's good. <laughs> you know, yeah. Some of them would say, "Hey, man, I've been on a I've been on a pretty average team in high school. I really don't want to go to an average team in college." Thanks for calling. You know, so yeah, man, I broke a couple. You know, the old landline phones at home uh, along the way, man. Yeah, <laughs> and I would yeah. I would actually write their names down because later on we're gonna you know I'm gonna yeah try well, to beat you. Or chip whatever. on the shoulder, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. So, so. <laughs> now. We've talked a lot about the mental side of things and changing your expectations, but obviously that has to be accompanied with work. And I think some of the books now you read, you forget about the daily discipline of, of doing the physical part to, to kind of match your new expectations. So uh, one of your mottos, and we've hit on it earlier, was do it anyway. Could you just elaborate on that a little bit and how that manifested itself into like the actual physical work of, of getting things done? I think it manifested this the 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 time when uh you know for instance when we had we started doing multiple workouts they had never done multiple workouts I mean even the AD at the time my very first year kind of looked kind of frowned on why are you here this morning working out <clears throat> and so <clears throat> so it it sounded like hey man we got 6:30 a.m. run left tomorrow I really don't care when the alarm goes off at six o'clock, whether you feel like getting up or not, you get up, you get dressed, and you're on the track at six thirty. Period. You know, and so that was part of the culture change because they had never. And then, you, then you know, you, number one, just getting up. We haven't had to do this before. And then we're gonna run, and then we're gonna lift. I mean, I mean, we, you know, when you're running, we're, we ran hard. So everything about it was uncomfortable. Everything and and especially in their mind. Oh my God, this is this this is not what I signed up for, in a way. So you had to change their minds of why. Hey man, we're doing this because we want to win championships. You know, we're doing this. We want to graduate and we want to win championships. You know, so take care of school and do what you know all this stuff. So when you had a reason when they seen that, and obviously if you if it's never happened before winning championships. It's hard. I mean, when we hadn't won a conference in 14 years, it's hard. But then, you know, we won a championship in the conference level. Then, you know, you win a national championship or you work toward getting there. The reality, they can see the reality of, of the payoff. And and so it became easier. But, yeah, it was grueling in the beginning to, wow. to get that done. Did you ever have any self-doubt that maybe you made the wrong move going to Division Three? For sure. <laughs> for for really? sure. Talk oh, about, yeah. yeah. I mean, remember I mean, early in the year. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, immediately, my first team meeting, I mean, I'm talking about my first team meeting. You know, you and I, we had 35, 40 athletes every year, and I think most good college teams has plenty of athletes, right? I'm thinking, well, maybe 25 will show up. Well, 14 showed up, and after the first meeting, six quit. That was my start. I had eight oh kids for 10 weight classes, you know? And so, yeah, I was thinking from the get-go, man, what have I got myself into here? And then, you know, halfway through January, like I told you the story, kicking them out of practice and say, hey, man, is there a rule we can't win the conference? And I was just talking about the conference at that time. So, uh, but it came, it came along, you know, and luckily we had some guys that uh, enough guys, it wasn't a, you know, there was three or four guys that really bought in. And then once you have three or four guys and, and then, they did well, you know, they come back all American or whatever. And then some more guys, Hey, yeah, okay. I'm getting this. I, I want to do that too. That whole thing. And, you know, it's kind of like a momentum, you know, you got a snowball rolling down the hill mountain and all pretty soon it starts picking up speed and you get bigger and faster and stronger. And by the time it gets to the bottom, you people are jumping out of your way, you know? So that's kind of how I tried to relate it to the team. You know, we're on our way. So in those first and, couple of years, like on the buildup of the journey, that had to be the most exciting part because there's so much momentum and excitement and you're just, you're almost there, but it was fun. And we, year five, we won the first national title. That was just total relief. You know, I don't know if it was even fun. I mean, it was fun. It was fun later. It was, but it was just so relieved. I was just so relieved. I just bawled, you know, I just, man, we got it done finally. Cause it was a, it was a grueling you know, and, and, you know, back then, uh, you know, we, you know, I had some volunteer people, but there was no assistant coach, you know, you were, you were, you were doing it pretty much on your own. You know, I was lucky. I had a couple of guys that would, that, that helped, uh, with, you know, do some recruiting and came to the practices and so forth and worked out with the kids. But, uh, as far as everything else, I was on my own. So it was hard, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just nice to be able to talk to people about, Hey, what about this? What about that? bounce ideas off each other and I had some of that but not like when you have a full-time you know another full-time coach I had no idea it was just you at the early days and so we won't go chronological this whole time and I'm just curious year two three four before you won what did you guys get those years well the second year we got second oh wow and and we probably should have won if I'd have been a better coach we would have we would have won it I mean uh, we we got beat by one point and uh there was I had two guys that won the national title that year that won that won matches in the earlier rounds by seven points. Mm. And, you know, we had plenty of time to get another takedown. I just was so conservative at the time, like I'd hey, take the win, you know, and I'm, dude, just dumb, you know. <laughs> but so we won we got second that year. We got second the next year by a point and a half. It was torture, dude. It was hard. When you when you're right there, you can touch it and you don't get it and then the fourth year, we didn't have a good tournament. We got sixth, and then, then we finally won it. Wow. And so you think about, you know, the Nationals are on a Saturday. You get second by a point and a half. Most people would be excited, but you you're probably crushed by it. How long did it take for you to, to kind of refocus your goals, and did you take any time in between that before you got right back on it? Well, you know, the first time we got second, it was heartbreaking because we could have won it, but that was the first time we got a trophy. You know, so you had you – had, People, you, you were excited about part of it, right? The next year is a point and a half. Well, we are. It wasn't as. It was harder, you know. It was God. We were there, right there again, and uh, so you know when you get back, when you get back, it's. Uh, I'll just say this: when we won our first national title, 
my wife at times has said some profound things to me after we won. I don't know, maybe it was a weekend. She goes, you know what? Everything's better when we win. <laughs> Food tastes better. Diet, everything. Cause, cause I was, I was a lot easier to live with finally. Right. <laughs> and, and so everything's better when you win. And I took that to heart. It is. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, when you reach your goals, when, when things go right, you come back with a championship and, and, you know, and there's been times we won, I was there, we had 10 championships in my time there. And there was a couple where we won and we didn't, I didn't feel that good about it, man. Like maybe we had a bad final round or something. I don't remember exactly. And I, man, I come home and I really wasn't even in a very good mood. And she said, Coach Miller, there isn't no such thing as a negative national championship or a bad national championship, you know. And she's 100% right. It was 100% right. And we won the national championship, you know. And looking back now, those 10, I don't even, you know, you don't remember any of that stuff really, but you do remember you won 10 national. You walked up on the stage with your team. And got the trophy. You know, that's a pretty cool that's scenario. Amazing. Now, I know we're at the end of the, uh, come up the end of the hour here. Just three uh, quick questions. We call them rapid fire questions. And then we'll let you go. Okay, coach? Yep. Go. So, um, so you said you won 10. What's the most you guys ever won consecutively over that span? Three. When, when was that? At the end of my career, the last three. Yeah. Okay. I think that from 2002, from 2002 till. Now, there's never been more than one year that we went not winning. So we might have won two and then didn't and then won again. And then there's never been more than one year that we haven't won. Okay. Again, okay. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Totally we haven't gone. Okay. We haven't go. Haven't gone two years in a row without winning That's since incredible. 2002. Um, and then second question was, and I'm just genuinely curious, what's the most national champs you ever had in a single year? Four. But we had seven in the finals sometimes, you know. We had a couple times. We had six in the finals another time. And that's one of the ones where, you know, we set the all-time record in 03. We had six in the finals, one three. But you feel so bad. This The sport of wrestling, man, you feel so bad for the ones that didn't win mm -hmm. that, that, that it's hard even, you know, sometimes when you walk up and get the trophy. So, yeah, it's, it's a – yeah, that's that the, the sport, thing about though. it? It's like it's so yeah. individual that – Man, you read about coaches winning national titles, but no one won. And it's just, it's kind of a weird feeling because you know those guys are just crushed. Like the lowest they're probably ever going to be in their competitive career, but yet you're supposed to be celebrating. It's kind of a, kind of a weird balancing act. And then the, the last question is something I ask everybody, but it's, you know, how did wrestling change your life? And I think it's a little obvious here because it's your job, but you think back to just the lessons you've learned or any kind of overarching principles. What what do you take away from the sport in terms of just kind of general themes that help guide your life? I mean, wrestling's a foundation of my life. Every every success I've had has come through the sport of wrestling. Every life lessons I've learned seems to have come from the sport of wrestling. You know, perseverance, digging in, you know, doing it when you don't feel like it. All those things, you know, picking yourself up once you get knocked down. Everything like that. All the adversity, overcoming that is 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 life lessons that you take and use in everything you do, you know, I've had, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I feel good because I know a lot of those lessons went out to hundreds of guys that I coach. I mean, I've had, you know, guys coach said, man, coach, I had to do it anyway. Last night, my baby was up all night long, you know, something like that, you know, but, but, but it, it, it's life in itself. 
uh, the sport of wrestling. I love it. Coach, it's been an absolute honor, and I hope hope we can have you back on because we're just stretching the surface here in terms of my note card here and things I want to talk about. So greatly appreciate your time, and thank you for all you're doing at the at the museum. We didn't get to talk about that, but you're the director of the uh, – uh, the Iowa chapter of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, which is now in Waterloo. So thank you again, sir. It's been an honor. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life.